A lot of people over exercise and under eat, and this can cause relative energy deficiency of a sport for women. But then more often than not, people overeat and under exercise. And so both of these can be, those are, both of these are out of balance. Hi friends, so if you are looking to upgrade your energy and really dive into some biohacking, then you are in for a treat. I'm sitting down today with Dr. Molly Maluth. She's the author of the new book, The Spark Factor, Supercharge Your Batteries for Limitless Energy and a Fitter, Stronger, More Resilient Future. Dr. Molly is a physician and Stanford lecturer, and she spent her career providing personalized medicine services to high-performing technology executives, billionaire investors, Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, and Academy Award-winning actors. And in this week's episode, we talk all about how to optimize mitochondrial health, what the latest biohacks are, and how you can really upgrade your energy. So without further delay, let me introduce you now to the lovely Dr. Molly Maloof. So Dr. Molly, it's absolutely wonderful to have you on the show today. Really, really excited to talk to you about your new book, The Spark Factor. Firstly, a very warm welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. I think uh, it's really interesting. I was reading one of your stats around the fact that we have this burnout epidemic that's going on at the moment, 45% of women. And as someone who suffered with burnout myself as a, as a former yeah. corporate lawyer, you know, it's something really close to my heart. And I think, you know, my own experience with burnout yeah. actually is, is quite a difficult thing to turn around because once you get yeah. to that point, what would you say um, in terms of women that are listening to this, when and men, um, sure. when they're thinking about the signs that show that's creeping up on them, um, what are the key things yeah. they should be looking out for? You know, it's funny when I was writing this book, <clears throat> I had a little bit of a freak out because my editors were like, women who are burned out are going to buy this book. And I'm like, well, this is not necessarily a book on burnout. <clears throat> it's a book on energy metabolism, but I do have some really good blog posts that I just put up on the way that I, I approach burnout. Um, and the reason why I didn't include them in the book was because there's a lot of controversy around cortisol testing in the functional medicine world. And so I didn't want to be slammed by all the scientists out there who are like, these, these tests are useless, but I do personally use the Dutch test. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a really important test for me in my practice, because I want to know, is a person at like the alarm stage? Do they have really high cortisol levels? Do they have low dopamine, norepinephrine? Do they have low cortisol levels? Like where are they at in the stress response? And I have found that if you put a blood sugar monitor on and you do a, and, and you do a Dutch test, you can really see if a person's high or low cortisol and you can see how that's manifesting in their blood sugar regulation. So to me, that's something that I like probably should have put. I mean, I think I mentioned it slightly. I did mention it in the metabolism section, but it's really important for people first and foremost to recognize that your blood sugar is going to be fluctuating all over the place when you are burned out. And it's, it can often be really low. So you don't know what's happening unless you do measurements. And so the first thing I tell people to do is like, before you go do anything for stress, like get some, you know, obviously besides like starting recovering, getting more sleep and doing all the lifestyle stuff, you should get some sort of baseline of what's going on in your health. So getting your hormones tested, um, you know, really looking at, you know, essentially like, looking at like your sex hormones, looking at your stress hormones, looking at your overall physiological function of your blood sugar. These are kind of good predictors of what's going on inside your body because your mitochondria 
are not only mediating blood sugar metabolism, but they are mediating the stress response and they also mediate sex hormone production. So <clears throat> I have this article called Understanding Stress in the HPA Access, and we should put this in the show notes for women who want to read this. But basically, you know, um, I like to gather a lot of data on people to find out what's going on inside their bodies, what's happening to their thyroid hormone, where are their micronutrient levels, what does their melatonin rhythm look like, what does their adrenals hormone rhythm look like, um, what does their sex hormones look like, DHEA, what does their gut look like? Because oftentimes if you're really stressed out, you're going to have bad gut health, especially if you're burned out. And oftentimes you see when people have really low energy, they're not detoxifying as well. They just don't have enough energy to do it. So what can happen is that that can cause problems with hormone, um, hormone dis dysfunction. So I want to look at gut health. And then oftentimes if you have issues with guts, you have issues with food. So there's usually food allergies and insensitivities. So I take a functional medicine approach to stress and, um, and it's, it's a multimodal approach, but I'm also looking at how is a person living their life? You know, like, what are they actually doing from day to day? And so I'm really looking at how to change a person's diet first and foremost, because it's really a question of, you know, if you have really high stress or if you're burned out, which is basically the end result of high stress over many, many months, you're going to have issues with um, blood sugar regulation, as I mentioned. So you want to get regular meal times in. I wouldn't recommend fasting. I wouldn't recommend a lot of the mitohormetic stressors. I actually talk about this in the book. I wouldn't recommend a lot of high intensity exercise. I wouldn't recommend um, a lot of, you know, a lot of stress, a lot of the stressors that make you stronger when you're healthy do not make you stronger if you're completely running on empty. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think I think it's a common mistake, isn't it? When people start to feel a bit burned out, they almost feel like I can't get going without that faith 5k run or I can't get going without that hit class. And actually, that's a message that yeah. we need to dial things back a little bit. As well, what they're doing is they're up. forcing their they're forcing their body to pump out more cortisol the best it can. But eventually it's going to just flatline. And having been there during the pandemic, I learned firsthand that um, there's quite a lot of, there's a, quite a lot that you have to like, that a lot of people don't realize that they they need to think about when they're trying to biohack their bodies when they're in burnout, when they're in burnout state. And in fact, I should write a book just on burnout. Like as my next book, I just write like, this is the guide to healing burnout because, and I may, I may even just do like some webinars on this topic because, you know, I think that a lot of women don't really know that they're, it's okay for them to slow down. It's okay for them to, you know, like today I, I have a really long day of calls, but it didn't start till 11. So, um, I've got like 11 to seven today. So this morning I just had a really easy morning because my body was telling, I didn't sleep super well last night. Cause I was up a little too late. I highly don't recommend this never happens to me, but rarely am I on my phone late last night was like a rare occasion, but it was such a good lesson. Cause like, I've, I'm so rarely go without good sleep. And so last night it was like, so surprising how quickly my sleep was just like, just be, just be on my phone for too late. I mean, my sleep was really suffered. So most importantly for anyone burned out is you have to rest. You really, really have to rest as much as possible. Like it's so fundamental to healing. Um, and yeah, that's, that's one of the things that you should also think about. And also just getting rid of a lot of process. I mean, I tell everyone this, whether you're burned out or not, just clean out all the processed foods and fast and fast foods out of your diet. Like they're not doing you any favors. They're causing brain fog and inflammation and metabolic inflexibility and um, gut dysfunction. So there's no reason for them in your diet. And yet they're super big part of a lot of people's diets, which is a, still a really big issue. One of the key things to optimizing your hormones is not just to get enough sleep, but quality sleep. 
And part of that is having a really good evening routine to encourage the release of melatonin. One of the most important things is limiting blue light exposure in the evening. Does that mean you can never work if you need to or watch your favorite Netflix series? No, but understanding how light and circadian rhythms work allows you to use biohacking to adopt a more ancestral way of living, even in modern times. After my evening meal, I pop on my blue light blocking glasses for a couple of hours before bed. My favorite blue blockers are from Bon Charge. Bon Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bon Charge products adopt ancestral ways of living in our modern day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list is endless. And Bon Charge's glasses are made in optics laboratories in Australia, not mass produced in factories in Asia. And they have stylish frames that have been featured in GQ and Vogue and science-backed technology tested to ensure they actually work, unlike other blue light glass companies. Buying a cheap pair of blue light glasses is a waste of money as they won't work. It's so important to invest in a high quality lens. Since wearing the blue light blocking glasses from Bond Charge, my sleep is incredible. I am sleeping longer, deeper and feeling refreshed the next morning. I've been tracking with my HRV device and I get into deep states of recovery during sleep. And the cool thing about Bond Charge's glasses is that they come in non-prescription, prescription and reading options. They also have glasses for every need, computer glasses for helping with digital eye strain, light sensitivity glasses for helping with low mood and migraines, and blue light blocking glasses for improving your sleep. Bond Charge also has other amazing products such as low blue light bulbs, red light therapy devices, EMF, 5G protection, and 100% blackout sleep masks, all backed by science. Bond Charge also ships worldwide in rapid time with easy returns and exchanges. And you can save a cool 20% off any of their products. Go to bondcharge.com forward slash Angela and use coupon code Angela to save 20%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash Angela and use coupon code Angela to save 20%. I think most people listening to this are probably like pretty focused on their diet because I know they're they're making changes I guess from the blood sugar perspective that's really interesting what you were saying there about blood sugar often being being low because I think we associate stress which maybe it's that pre-stage of stress before burnout burnout, it's really high when you're in an insulin resistant state but when you're fully burned out and you're like I can't get out of bed in the morning because I'm so exhausted that's usually when you see people struggle with even keeping their blood sugar at a normal space. So fun fact, like I've seen this happen in women where they're like, okay, I I have weight loss resistance. I'm super stressed out. Um, my cortisol's high and I'm gonna, you know, try to do all these biohacks. Right. And they end up with more blood sugar problems because their body's out of balance. So like when it comes to stress, it's like, you can try your best to use your diet to change your, your blood sugar. But if the stress is the cause, then you have to address the stress and like, you can do everything you want with food, but it's never, it's not the root cause of, in in, in the case of burnout and high stress, if your blood sugar is all over the place, you can change your diet to adjust for it, but it's not really addressing the direct issue at play, which is your life and your lifestyle. So I tell people when, when their bodies are out of balance, it's a pretty good sign. Your life needs to change in some way, you know? 
What about when you um, when you've seen individuals? I've seen this with people where their blood glucose actually is staying within a really tight range. If anything, sometimes it's trending down. But when you yeah. do fasting insulin, actually they are insulin resistant. What do you think oh, is going on there? Higher insulin levels. Mm. Yeah, yeah, in terms I of mean, fasting insulin. What what's happening with fasting insulin when it's high and your blood sugar looks normal is your body's compensating by pumping out extra insulin. So it's like it's doing its best to manage the reality that you're in, but it's not necessarily, um, it's, it's like, it's deceiving, right? So mm-hmm. early in metabolic dysfunction, you see, um, a person typically like with, with higher insulin output, but normal blood sugar. And that's because your body is compensating by adapting to the, the, the glucose loads that you're consuming by creating more, insulin, more, a higher insulin response. So, um, I personally eat low carb, and I find that that's typically the strategy that I would recommend most people take. It's not for everybody. Some people do better on, on weirdly enough, like a higher carb diet. People who are naturally super lean typically do well and people who are super active. Um, but I still see problems in consistently high carb diets with athletes where they end up um, so carb dependent that they like can't do anything. Like they can't perform unless they have carbohydrates available. So that's not really metabolically flexible. So mm-hmm. one of the biggest questions in um, health today is how do we take a person who has a specific dietary style and get them to be, be more metabol- metabolically flexible? Because you can get metabolic inflexibility from being too low carb for too long, too high carb for too long, which is pretty fascinating because what happens when you're too low carb for too long is your insulin levels are too low. And then whenever you eat carbs, your blood sugar spikes. And so it's kind of like physiologic insulin resistance. It's like, it's not, it's not insulin resistance, but it's like, it's, it's low insulin output as a result of a dietary style that leads to less insulin output because you're not asking the pancreas to produce lots of insulin in low carb states. So, um, yeah, I think this is like one of the bigger questions that needs to be solved. And I think it will probably end up being through metabolic flexibility, flexibility training through carb cycling. That seems to be the, the, the best strategy for it. Carb cycling in and around workouts. Yeah. In and around workouts. And also, you know, like thinking through your day of the week, like today I'm not doing a hard workout because I worked out really hard on Monday and Wednesday. So today I'll probably do, you know, some mild cardio and, um, maybe some sauna at the gym. And I have a lot of calls today. So I'll be doing a fair amount of sedentary behaviors because I have a lot of calls with patients. So I'm just going to eat less on days like this. And I'm going to eat less carbs on days like this because my body's not using them. Right. But when I'm exercising, I definitely know a diff- notice a difference when I have a hard workout day, my body needs more carbs that day. Like it feels, it just feels like the, the craving for the carbs and I just feel better. Now I mostly eat fruits and berries and, um, vegetables for my carbs. That's generally where I get my carbs. I do some cassava flour in small amounts. Um, but usually in combination with things like almond flour or coconut flour and baked goods, but generally speaking, most of my carbohydrate content comes from, um, whole foods and fruits and vegetables. Yeah, which is better. I've noticed that actually as well myself with and on workout days, my blood glucose, if I have carbs, like starchy carbs, it just stays way more stable than on days. So I yeah. tend to cycle around that. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I have to work really hard at it because I have PCOS. So I'm always trying to oh, like, I know. tighten that range. And it feels really hard because you have that to work is a challenge. so much harder, right? And everyone else it feels. Yeah. yeah. My friends with PCOS definitely have um, a bit more of a challenge because 
they basically, you know, have this insulin resistance as a result of this, um, you know, hyperandrogenism of the ovaries. And as a result, most of them do eat low carb. Um, and I have seen under high stress, people with PCOS who eat really low carb end up with thyroid dysfunction. So it's really a tricky balancing act because you have to basically figure out how to like fix this. Now, I would be really curious to see what would happen on someone who has PCOS. I'm really curious about how, how Ozempic or some of these GLP-1 inhibitors work for PCOS. because I'm wondering if they would either cause problems with blood sugar or maybe ameliorate it. Like I know a lot of people use metformin um, and berberine and like, you know, do you use any, any like insulin sensitizing agents? Yeah, I often use actually as well, myonositol. Um, yeah, that kind of helps and helps with um with sleep. But I think for me, yeah. probably like the stress component for sleep and also just keeping inflammation low, eating as you're speaking, and yeah. kind of optimizing or cycling carbs on those busier days or workout days yeah. has been tremendously helpful. But I think the the thing for me I noticed the most, and I'm curious as to what you found, is actually the luteal phase is where it's much more difficult for me to manage. Um yeah. manage the glucose. Yeah. Well, it's typically because you're less insulin sensitive during that phase because you have less estrogen around. So when we have less estrogen during the luteal phase, estrogen is insulin sensitizing. So this is why during our follicular phase, we do so well. And then during our luteal phase, it's like, I mean, I'm in my luteal phase right now and I'm definitely eating lower carb. And I had such a good time during my follicular phase. I was eating meme sapote because I found one at the store and it's like my favorite fruit. And I was eating like spoonfuls of this fruit, like every day. It took me like three days to finish this fruit. Cause it was like this big, it was like a gigantic <laughs> fruit, but, um, man, it made me feel so good. And then I started hitting up to my luteal phase and I was like, Oh, oh I'm starting my period sometime soon. I should probably lighten up on the carbs. And this is one of the things I talk about in the book that like, is something that took me years to figure out. Like, why is it that during my luteal phase, I'm all over the place with my blood sugar and what can I do about it? And so what I typically do is I don't do is I typically do the, the, today was actually, this week was actually interesting. I was really motivated to get back into the gym because I hadn't been working out for like three weeks because of travel. And I was doing a book tour and I was in LA and New York and, um, Dubai. My body was just like, you need to go to the gym. Like you need this. This is what you need to get back into shape. And my body gets in and out of shape like that. It's great. Like I, I can go really curvy or really lean, like within a month or two, which is awesome. But it's kind of annoying because it's like <laughs> you put all this work into the gym and then like two months go by and you've been traveling and it's challenging to get, but you got to get back, you know, you got to do the exercise. And so I was in the gym. I kind of pushed it a little bit harder than I would have typically during my little phase. And I definitely paid for it in soreness. So it's like, you really should try to hit your personal bests in your follicular phase and try to give your body some space during your luteal phase to just be more inward oriented and more gentle, do more yoga. Even I have to remind myself of this. Even I wrote a book on this and it's still a challenge because you just, you have this mind that wants to do what it wants to do, but then you don't always know what your body wants. So one of the things, so I was laughing at myself and I was like, well, fortunately the, I, I definitely course corrected. I was, I did a leg day on Monday and then Wednesday I did an arm day and I was a lot more relaxed about it. Um, and I feel, I felt fine, um, afterwards, but it was just super interesting how my body like told me, Hey, maybe you should just do a lighter exercise. Um, and then also it's just like, like moderate intensity exercise is really what you need to be doing during your little, little phase. Cause you're burning fat more effectively. 
So you burn fat better in more moderate intensity exercise than high intensity exercise. So those really intense workouts are best for when you're most carb sensitive because you're burning those carbs. So enjoy your carbs during the follicular phase, especially around your fitness, wear a blood sugar monitor, see which carbs work best for your body. And then when you hit your luteal phase, like let your body ease up, you know, like still get your steps in, still get your exercise in, but don't feel inclined to like force yourself to do this like hard exercise. Even if, um, even if your brain wants you to do it, your body says, I want to chill. You know, I want to relax. Yeah, I want to sure. be more. And we just, we, we have such a high paced world that it's hard for women to like, learn, like, how do I, how do I balance all of this? And like, I'm hanging out with one of my friends this weekend, who's got some kids and I'm like, definitely like thinking about children, thinking to myself, I need to spend more time with friends with children to like, really understand this, this change of life, you know, um, definitely, <laughs> it's definitely full on, I can world. tell you with like three of my own, I think that's just, three. Yeah. yeah. It's mine a bit older now. They're like 10 and 14 and 15. So wow. but I don't know that actually gets, I just turned into the taxi service, you know? So there you go. It's, yeah. It's full there on. you go. Um, but it's interesting what you say that I think the thing is when you've been traveling like that and you just feel that need to work out, you yeah. always want to like brutalize yourself so you can feel you're that just pain like, and then you're like, oh no, this. I'm the wrong stage. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, funny. So true. But I also like, you know, I, I, I've definitely been doing a lot more of the biohacks that, um, there's a bunch of biohacks I, I kind of like started implementing after the book was done being written. And I was like, man, I have to write another book already because there's all sorts of stuff that I'm learning about that like isn't in this book. But um, can you one share of my these? Favorite, one of my favorite new, new things is um, NAD therapy um, and then methylene blue. So uh, I use patches and I have a friend who does NAD retreats, but it's like IV NAD is like really, really phenomenal stuff. And then um, especially for just like rebooting the system, if you need more energy, it's just such an awesome, um, I actually reminds me of one of my mentors was asking me about NAD. I need to re I need to contact him. Um, but that's when I was like really struggling last year after getting COVID and I was like, it wasn't like bad struggle. It was more like, uh Oh, I definitely feel like I'm at like 75%. This is not optimal. So I went and I did, um, NAD therapy and holy crap, did it turn me around like that? I was like, this is awesome. And then the second thing was, um, methylene blue is like a mitochondrial enhancing agent. So I have these, I have these things on my desk called proscriptions. Oh, I don't yeah, know if the they're trokies. available. Yeah. yeah you can get them in the UK. I have, you got the just blue. I prefer the just blue to the mix. Yeah. These are the just blue. Yeah. Yeah, I like my friend's company actually. These are my friend's companies. I'm like, how do you open this thing? Oh, this I is, uh, it. Scott Shaw, isn't it? Yeah, um, Scott. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Scott and Dr. Um, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Chedachoso. That's it. It's so yeah. crazy how small the biohacking world is. I know. Like everyone <laughs> knows everyone. The first time I took their trochees was a few years ago, and you know they come in like the quadrant with the four. Yeah. I was going out for a run and I took the one with the CBD and the caffeine and I just popped them in and just went. Oh my God. And I was like going back and I was really nauseous on the run. And I was like, is it really meant to feel like this? And they were like, well, how many did you have? And I was like, one. And they were like, no, but that's four. Like maybe if you're oh, you're supposed to do yeah. a quarter. <laughs> like build up slowly. So I just took four quarters all at once. Oh yeah. Because you don't know. I mean, I definitely, yeah. That's one of the funny things about like going to these biohacking conferences is I one time took 
I, I definitely took, I felt like I took so many stimulants at one point that I was like, this is not healthy for me, <laughs> you know, but whatever. Crazy cocktail. So tell yeah. us about the um, methylene blue foot, because not everyone will have heard about this and the impact I mean, on mitochondrial health. I went to this place called Kuya and cause I was just feeling like, um, I don't know. I was feeling a little, little worn down from three weeks of travel. I was like, that's just hard work. Like, plus I went across multiple time zones. And so, um, I actually didn't have any jet lag, which was really cool. Um, but that's because I, um, I, I just think I'm immune to it at this point. It's really, it's crazy. I just immediately get on the new sleep schedule when I go somewhere that's amazing. and I just, I sleep really well. And so it doesn't really affect me at all. When I, when I go to somewhere, I'm just like, I just sleep. I did sleep a lot last weekend, but that's just cause I wanted to, um, if I, I go love- to the States, as soon as I get there, I'm on the time zone, but coming back to the UK is always yeah. a struggle. That going that yeah. way is just a really big struggle. They say West is best. East is a beast. But, um, I went to Dubai and I got right when I got there, I just immediately went to sleep and, um, and I slept a bit on the plane and then, uh, I didn't sleep that much on the plane actually, but I, and then on the way back, I slept a ton on the plane and then, um, and then right when I got home, I just went to, went to sleep again. And so I, I think I'm just a professional sleeper at this point, (laughs) like despite (laughs) last night, um, but yeah, so meth, meth, methylene blue basically is this like, well, there's a bunch of supplements in the world that are like treatments for poisonings and like N-acetylcysteine is a good treatment for, for liver poisoning, like, like Tylenol poisoning and methylene blue is, is used as a treatment for meth, meth hemoglobinemia, meth hemoglobinemia, which can, um, happen if people consume certain, um, toxins and certain pharmaceuticals. Um, and so basically there's this thing called meth hemoglobin reductase. And it basically, this is through the NADH or NADPH dependent meth, meth hemoglobin reductase enzyme. But basically um, when this, when this enzyme gets overwhelmed, methylene blue is this antidote because it can basically like sort of rescue, um, rescue the, the, the problem. I think, I think, how does it work? Let's see here. I'm trying to figure out how this works. I mean, definitely works through like direct mitochondrial, um, mitochondrial, like, I think it's like, an. I'm trying to think how does, what is the mechanism action? It's my, it's definitely from mitochondria, but it's a, that's how I I thought it was. It was a, it's a reducing agent of oxidized hemoglobin. So it converts it back into oxygen, oxygenated form. Um, which I think is part of the reason why, I mean, you basically need oxygen to burn fuel properly. And so it just kind of like gives your mitochondria a, a reboot, just like NAD, NAD does. And how often are you taking it? I mean, I just started doing it via IV and I've only done it once. Um, but you know, and these trochies, I'll probably be playing. I, I've, I've heard you can just swallow them. I don't like my, my tongue to look crazy. Mm. Um, but and it lasts ages on the tongue as well. That's what I found. That's sort of the yeah, I don't want to be doing it that often because it's also good to do uh, in conjunction with red light therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of red light therapy, especially for my face. Um, I do these like biohacking facials where I take my young goose products and I have like all these different little tools and I have my gua sha and I have, I have my, um, my red light and I have this like microcurrent device called a tenant biomodulator and it like pushes electricity into the skin. And then, um, and then I have, uh, 
like exfoliation, you know, tools. And I just like go in my bathtub. Oh, and then I have these like cold balls that are, that are frozen. And I just like do all these little things to my skin in the bathtub. And it's really, it's quite fun. Um, cold to play balls. They're like these cold steel balls that are frozen that okay. you, they're really cold and they, they deep puff your face. Yeah. yeah, nice. Um, people are always asking me about my skin and I, I swear to God, it's, I don't use that many products, but I experiment with a lot of things people send me. So, and I take, I, I, I mean, people are constantly sending me skin supplements and skin products. So it's hard to say which one works, but I started to use this one product called one skin. Um, because one of my girlfriends had terrible discoloration in her skin. And I was like, what are you doing? What did you do to your skin? Like, it's literally perfect now. And she's like, it's this one skin. And like, I'm like, whoa, that's pretty wild. So I've been playing with peptides. Peptides are certainly an interesting um, biohack that a lot of people are getting into these days. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was interviewing uh, Dr. Rachel Varga yesterday, just cool. on that and skin. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I haven't tried one skin, so I definitely look at that. I'm a big fan of the uh, Young Goose skincare. Um, I love their products, and the, and the founders mm, are just the best people. They are. They're hyperbaric the mask. I don't think I can live without it. It's just, it's not actually a hyperbaric mask. It's not. It's a mask that it reduces oxidative stress in the skin, but it really does give me way when I started using that mask, I would wake up in the morning and like, like the way my skin looked, you know, which is not what everybody can say about their mornings. And so I, I really do think that their products are fantastic. Like, yeah, I do. They're, I they're just them. good. They're just good founders. Mm. And as you say, really nice people. Would you like a snapshot of where you are in your health journey right now with personalized advice from me on how to improve? Go to yourtotalhealthcheck.com and take my 60-second biohacking quiz and I will send you your free health score and personalized report with recommendations on each area of my SHIFT protocol for health optimization. SHIFT contains the five key pillars you need to focus on for optimal health. Sleep, hormones, insights to track, how to fuel your body with the right nutrition, light, hydration and breath work and training for your body and mind. Go to yourtotalhealthcheck.com to find out your score in each area and get personalized recommendations from me on how to improve. It takes less than 60 seconds and you can take the quiz as many times as you want to and track your improvement by following my guidance. Simply go to yourtotalhealthcheck.com to get started. So looking at mitochondria then, because a lot of people struggle yeah. with energy, what are your top tips for or yeah. people that are really looking to upgrade their energy. Maybe they have got, maybe they're not got full burnout, but maybe they're struggling in the morning and they just can't get going and they don't feel that they're kind of performing at the highest level. What would be your top tips? Sure. So I was like explaining this to someone yesterday on a podcast and I never really put it this way, but I want to like explain the whole cycle of energy production in like succinct way. So basically there's, digestion and it starts in the mouth, right? So it starts with the fuel you put into your body because the, the air you breathe and the water you drink and the food that you eat all become substrates for your body's metabolism. So if you have poor quality food, you're not going to have a healthy metabolism, but if you have, um, poor digestion, you're not actually going to get all of those macronutrients and micronutrients that you need into the body. You may have malabsorption. You may have poor enzyme output. So like, first and foremost, you've got to get your digestion, right? Um, so gut health is definitely talked about in the book. And then once you have gut health down, you have to make sure that your food has nutrient density because nutrients are basically what runs 
the, the gears of metabolism. So, you know, how you produce energy is not just eating macronutrients like carbs, fats, and proteins, but it's also all the micronutrients and minerals, because those are all cofactors of metabolism. So you have to make sure that you're getting proper um, micronutrients. And I typically see the most micronutrient deficiencies in vegans and vegetarians. So as much as people claim that these diets are best for everyone, I've seen a lot of B12 deficiency. I've seen a lot of micronutrient deficiencies, a lot of protein deficiencies, immune system dysregulation, more often than not in people who don't eat meat. So I'm full on omnivore. And I think it's possible to have a healthy diet if you're a vegan vegetarian, but you really do need to get tested with your micronutrients and your minerals to make sure you're getting enough nutrient density into your body. So, okay. So you got your fuel, you got your digestion, you got your micronutrients. Now the question is, are your macros balanced for what your body needs? So I talk about this a lot in the book, but there's probably a baseline of what people's macros need to be based on their genetics. And then there's also the effects of lifestyle on metabolism. So the, the sort of, um, sort of foundation of your diet should be high quality protein and fruits and vegetables. In my opinion, that's my personal opinion. Um, the reason why is you need that these are most nutrient dense and also phytonutrient dense. So you need the colors of the rainbow in your diet. So colors are really key and fiber and fiber and like probiotics, you know, this, these comes from, this comes from natural foods. So, um, protein as your foundation, and then looking at your fats and your carbs based on what your body's going to metabolize best. So you can put a blood sugar monitor on and you can experiment with what happens when I eat higher fat meals. Some people have more blood sugar dysregulation with higher fat. Some people have more blood sugar dysregulation with lower, um, with low, with higher carbs. So you really, I do kind of look at a blood sugar monitor as the tool to help identify what's the best type of macronutrients for you, but also looking at, you can look at your Ayurveda styles. You can, you know, your, your Ayurveda types, you can look at your body type. People who are bigger boned naturally are going to gear towards more higher fat, lower carb people who are really skinny naturally, who just burned carbs, like super easily, they can tolerate a higher carb diet. I have friends that are just naturally lean and higher carb, and they do not do well on ketogenic diets or low carb diets. They need higher carbs to thrive. So now you're looking at your fuel styles, right? You're like your, mm-hmm. your macros. And then, um, and then you have to look at, okay, am I using the fuel that I am putting in my body? So if you are not moving your body regularly, then you should not be eating large quantities of food. (laughs) If you are exercising consistently, then you should be eating in accordance to what your body needs. So a lot of people over exercise and under eat, and this can cause relative energy deficiency of sport for women, but then more often than not people overeat and under exercise. And so both of these can be, these are, both of these are out of balance, but you, but everybody needs to move their body. Like exercise is the fundamental, like best anti-aging drug on the market. And then there's the, the battery drain, which is psychosocial stress, work stress, financial stress, environmental stress. So, um, looking at your lifestyle and looking at your, your relationships and trying to figure out like, where does your stress come from? Because a lot of people are completely unaware of their sources of stress. And so i in my book, I go really deep into detail on like, how do you identify your sources of stress? Um, as well as things like trauma. So a lot of what people don't totally understand is that your nervous system can get wired into a hypervigilant state. That's just draining your energy just by having unresolved trauma. So I talk a lot about how 
unresolved trauma causes health problems for people and what to do about it in the book. Um, so stress drains the batteries, exercise charges the batteries. Um, and then there's, um, you know, environmental toxins. You don't want to poison the body. And so you're, you want, you've got to clear, you got to purify your water and your air, whether you like it or not, almost, unless you live in the pastures and the prairies and like there's, you live in the jungle and there's like perfectly clean air. You probably need to clean your air and water if you live in a city. Um, so I use air doctor and I use, um, the company got mold to check for mold. And then I also use, um, natural action, um, for, uh, for like water purification. And then, um, I would say that, you know, so we've talked a lot about like the basics here of like of health, but then the big one that most people don't recognize is like super important. Obviously like supplements are key, right? Like I do recommend basically the same five supplements for everybody. So, um, magnesium for sleep, um, sometimes glycine and theanine if people really can't sleep and then vitamin D K1, K2, almost everybody needs that. Omega threes, high quality pharmaceutical grade. If you can get them really don't want to eat rancid omegas. Um, and then, uh, I like B complex. Some people recommend a multivitamin, but I'm a little bit more targeted and I like to test before I give people a bunch of supplements. So you can take a multi or you can run labs to determine what you need in terms of specific micronutrients, but a minerals complex is helpful. I like the company upgraded formulas for hair mineral mm, testing. Me too. It's such a great, great Amazing. company. I just you don't literally want to take just mine down, actually. Oh, did you? What did you yeah, find? Yeah, really interesting. Just like a kind of calcium shell. My potassium was really low and kind of almost like, yeah, still signs of that background. Of, um, yeah. I've sort of been slowly writing. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I I've been definitely, yeah, we, we, had, we definitely need to make sure our minerals are properly balanced. Um, and then, um on top of that, uh, there's connection. So a big piece of healing is oxytocin and it's nature's medicine. It's, it's behind the placebo response. It's behind why, um, when we have healthy relationships, it extends longevity. So a lot of what the book talks about is, is oxytocin. And, um, I could go way more into supplements and I have an entire article on my blog, which we can like, I just put this up a few days ago. Um, so we have like, I'll put these, it'd be good to put these blog posts in, uh, and but just, there's so many different supplements you can take. So I've given people some thoughts on like, well, how do you know which ones you need and why? And that, that, that sometimes makes like, I've just put down my, my most recommended supplements, but there's a lot of different ways to biohack supplementation based on different systems you want to optimize. I want to pick up something there you said around carbohydrates and fats and how that's impacting people's blood glucose um because yeah. something definitely that i've observed is is and it's, it's interesting what you're saying there about people being lean like i'm naturally very lean even though i have you know pcos and a degree of insulin resistance but what i've picked up on and genetically i have a i'm sensitive to carbs and fats which is like an annoying combination but oh. interesting. yeah really but interesting you need a higher protein diet <laughs> yeah which is what i do higher i always protein. tell people yeah, like high protein is like, like if you're yeah if you're kind of screwed somewhere in the middle then you just gotta it's like that high protein high high like vegetable content you know yeah it's interesting though what i've observed is that the fats will get me faster in terms of you know like you were saying when you if you've been exercising you can get in shape really quickly and then if you haven't been exercising you can kind of fall off the wagon quite easily i noticed that myself but the biggest determiner actually for me is if i go really high fat i will gain weight i will gain fat 
much more easily. And if I have yeah. lots of fats, I'll see a more moderate glucose response because it's kind of like modulating that effect. However, my blood glucose will then just remain at the sort of upper end of where I want it to be for much longer. Do you know what I mean? So then the fasting glucose is higher. And that's probably the easiest So wait, say that one more time. So if you I'm said having that higher, you eat higher fats, fats. So if I have higher fats in conjunction with carbs, that may slow down. So I'm not getting those glucose spikes. What happens is the overall trend is just that little bit raised. And so then you get a kind of higher yeah. reading than I wanted and I'm more vulnerable to weight gain. So although I have to manage those sort of spikes with carbs, I very rarely will gain weight as a rule. And I think carbs are very difficult to turn into fats in any event. But for me, definitely the fats make a difference. Yeah. I don't know if you found that, but you can actually see, yeah, it might bring it, it might keep it in range, but it's kind of keeping yeah. it at the top of the range more than you would want it. Yeah, I've actually seen that myself, but it's also highly dependent on my stress levels, mm. you know? That's so true. like- <clears throat> like I definitely, when I first started the whole journey of fixing my insulin resistance, I was like, first it was like, okay, I'm not going to be eating any more gluten. Cause that was one of the big things that was causing me issues. But then I was like, and I, I was just like chronically under eating for years. So I had to like, learn to just like exercise and eat more food, which was really helpful. But then I did the whole, um, that I really started on the low carb kind of train and I realized that like, like you, if we just eat way too much fat, it's just not doing us any favors. So, um, I definitely notice a big difference if I eat more more or less nuts. Like if I eat a lot of nuts, I, I just that. just like a chipmunk. Well, you know, yeah, it's so like, annoying because they're really annoying, like, as well. <laughs> you want to make things that other people can have, but you, you just also like, you know, it's just funny because you like, you definitely want to like, I want to, I want to do like baking but I can't necessarily do it, uh, all the time, you know, like I made banana bread for a friend of mine coming over, but I can't make that like a daily habit. You know, it's just like, definitely won't, won't work. Yeah. I mean, so it's tricky. I do think that like when I eat lots of, um, high quality meat and some fruit, not carnivore, but like lots of green vegetables, bone broth, like I definitely seem to get, get the leanest. And when I really cut the nuts, but I love eating nuts. So it's yeah. like, uh, it's the one thing that's probably the, like, it's funny. Cause I can get in really good shape by just not eating any nuts for a while, but it's like, I love them. So I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of like let myself be a little bit curvier, but I also, you know, when summer comes around, I want to be in a swimsuit. So it really depends on if it's like winter or summer. I, I kind of do feel like a bit of a, <laughs> I feel like a hibernate, like an animal that wants to hibernate in the winter yeah, yeah, and like eat whatever I want, but I don't, I don't eat whatever I want. I'm very careful, but I definitely, notice that if I like, I've learned these patterns of my diet that like, if I really want to cut calories and cut, cut fat, then I just cut out the nuts and nut butters. And they're, they're a big problem for a lot of women, not just me. <laughs> yeah. They're big. They're a big one for me. I think they're so Moorish with the low carb. Can you just clarify for people when you say low carb, what you're looking at in terms of overall percentage or grams of carbs per day? Typically less than a hundred like around a hundred or less per day is what I would consider more, more low carb. But I think some people would probably see that as mostly keto, but keto is technically less than 40, 40 grams mm -hmm. of carbs at carbs a day. Um, so I'm usually, so I don't usually go deep. I mean, I'll go into ketosis occasionally just cause it's sometimes you want to, but more, more so when, um, my body is in a state of a lot more recovery and, and I feel like a stronger 
sort of central baseline. Um, I did a lot more ketosis last summer when I was like, when I was just like in it kind of in and out of it. But, um, you know, the thing about stress, I kind of think is that women, when it comes to stress, like if we're too low carb for too long, it will cause some hormone dysfunction for us. So we got to be like a little bit careful with how, how we balance these things. You know, I think what's really nice about this pod is like, we're talking about like real issues that come up for people like us. Um, I am sort of convinced though, that like my friends that have like extremely low stress levels, they just can eat a lot more liberally than those of us who have high stress levels. So I think a big piece of this is, is stress, uh, especially on women's bodies that contributes to the problems that we uniquely face. Yeah, I agree with you. And you can see that actually when you're wearing a CGM, you can see that kind of anticipatory rise right in the morning. You can have it's really so clear time levels and then it's like, shoo. I mean, yeah. when I was the most stressed out, my blood sugar was the craziest. And when I was the most, and then what I would get like lots of relaxation and my HRV would improve my, my body would change, you know, like it would, my my blood sugar would get more stable. And it was so clear when I was traveling like crazy, I could just see, like, I would recover over a weekend from travel. And then I would go travel again. And it would go from like balanced and centered to like progressively higher through the course of a week. And it was really consistent. You know, I was surprised. And what have you found uh, kind of lastly in terms of HRV? What have you found to, obviously stress is a big factor, um, but what have you found that is able to sort of move the needle the most and modulate that? Um, I, I'd say I'm taking a, I'm taking a coaching program right now with, um, with uh, this guy, Jay Wells, Hanu Health. Yeah, he's been on the show. He's great. And, oh my God, I looked at my sleep last night. I got the lowest sleep score I've ever gotten. It was crazy. It's so weird. Um, I'm like really surprised at like just how bad my sleep was last night. It was like totally, totally. I've never seen it this bad before. It's surprising. Today's gonna be a real fun day. Um, Is this when Aura tells you to, I've had it a few times where it basically puts you into recovery mode. It really should have done that for me. Um, (laughs) I think it takes I guess a, few it was a really good day, but I'm like surprised at how bad the sleep was last night. So today's going to be a recovery day for sure. Yeah. Um, it's my fault. I was online shopping last night because I have a bunch of <laughs> shopping. I have a bunch of appearances coming up and I was like, I need new dresses. And cause I always, I, there's always photos that mm. I have to be in and I'm like, I can't wear the same dress every time, you know? And so I'm like annoyed because I was like, all right, I'm going to do some shopping. And then I ended up shopping for like two hours and finally found out some things that I liked, but, um, people always ask me like, do you style yourself? And I'm like, yeah, I do all my own styling. And they're like, wow, that must like take some time and effort. It does take time and effort to like pick out clothes for yourself. You know, um, it's like a whole nother job being your own stylist. I should just hire a stylist, but, uh, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) So what were, what was I saying? So I was telling you about, um, the program you're doing, oh, yeah. Dr. J. So I have a HRV, like a, I have this, like, I should put this on my website. Um, it's like an HRV optimization, uh, list. And so there's like a bunch of ways to think about HRV optimization. And actually my HRV today was not that bad given that I slept like shit last night. So I'm like pretty grateful that like, it could have been. I was like expecting my HRV to be tanked today. And it was like, it was, it was, it was fine. Um, so mind body practices like gratitude journaling, I use these affirmation cards from intelligent change. 
that like will give you an affirmation. So like today's affirmation was the more I focus on my mind, the more I focus my mind on the good in my life, the more good that comes into my life. Oh, and then the same um, uh, company as the five minute journal. Yeah. Intelligent change. Yeah. They're yeah, awesome. Yeah, and then yeah. there's, you know, meditation or prayer, listening to classical music, massages, PEMF mats. I've got one from uh, Centropix, acupressure mats, um, spending time with friends or family or pets, um, exercise, yoga, Tai Chi, intermittent fasting can help. Um, so not eating late at night and then um, getting a solid overnight fast. I'd say that's the one thing that probably helped my HRV is I didn't, um, I stopped eating, you know, around seven and then I um, didn't start any, I didn't start any food till like nine or so. So there was a good 14 hour fast overnight, which is good. Um, and then um, sleep and circadian rhythms. That was not good last night. Um, avoiding alcohol, getting good, bright light in the morning, maintaining hydration. That's one thing I do a lot better on. I've, I've really started maintaining really good hydration throughout the day. I it's one thing that breaks up, you know, meetings as I go and I make different elixirs and drinks and stuff and teas and water. And so I'm always breaking up my, my meetings with, with beverages. Um, and then, um, I do the cold plunge at the gym regularly. I do, I do, I've been doing CBD more lately, um, GABA and magnesium, and then um, Parmesan weirdly has good probiotics for, for heart variability. There's a weird study on this. Uh, chewing gum also helps with HRV. Chewing gum helps with HRV. Yeah. I mean, but most importantly is acupuncture. Yeah, there's a bit, the vagus nerve, I believe. Yeah, in the, mouth. the activation. Um, so and it's then, just like cold water even on your face is like really, yeah, really on your neck. And, totally. Yeah. yeah. And then um, diaphragmatic breathing, breath work. Um, I took a, I took a nap yesterday for the first time in a while, um, after working from like, I don't know, like 10 to five. And I, um, I definitely like needed that nap yesterday. It was really nice. So just getting like, and started with just me doing deep breathing in my bed, but taking like 20 minute breaks throughout the day, like, like a couple 20 minute breaks from either deep breathing or meditation, just to get your body back to center is really helpful easier said than done. You might need to schedule it. Um, laughing, oming, singing. I sing in the morning. I love singing in, in the shower. Um, gargling, weirdly gargling works. Coffee. Enemas. I know it's weird that gargling the one that I really, I don't know. I just don't like to do. Gargling and coffee enemas are definitely things that can, can work. Um, but then there's a whole class, cl like training program with Hanu health that I'm, I'm taking right now. And I'm really excited about it. Awesome. It's I'll send also links here in the show notes. So any last, before you go, any last biohacks that you want to share or close before you link to where people can find you and your work? Um, yeah, I would say, um, I mean, sort of the next frontier for me is I've been doing a lot of work on sexual health optimization. So really fascinated by all the ways to optimize orgasm. I talk about you know, br different breathing practices in the book that you can use during sex, like that microcosmic orbit that Montauk Chia talks all about. Um, but yeah, making sure you, you breathe during sex and as much as kegels are really important. I talk about kegels in the book, making sure that you, there's this idea that we need to just pull in, but also pushing your vagina out, like pushing, like bearing down is kind of like, it's kind of like when you lift weights and you're lifting and then you're bringing them back down. So you want to, kegels are great for like the, um, 
for one part of like sort of the flexion of your pelvic floor, but then the extension is the pushing. Um, and so this, this is something that a lot of people don't know about, but it's really, it's really actually helpful during sex for increased engorgement of the genitals, which is something that a lot of women don't realize. Like you should be, your genitals should be engorged similarly to how men have engorgement of their penis. Women should have engorgement of their genitals too. And it's not really talked a lot about, but you should be fully lubricated and engorged before you really engage in good sex. And most men don't know this and they rush into it. And so, um, you know, giving, giving yourself 20 minutes of like foreplay with your partner is something that just like, you have to remind women about, like, they don't always know, know, know this. And a lot of men just want to rush into sex, but it can make a big, it can make a really big difference by just giving your body some space to fully, um, get her fully aroused. Yeah, that's really good tips. What do you think is the biggest block to women that struggle with orgasm? Do you think with their sexuality? Way? Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest block is trauma. Um, so many women have trauma and they don't know that it's affecting their sex lives still. As someone who's, a, who's experienced sexual trauma, I had no idea that I had sexual dysfunction until it was gone after I used psychedelics with a partner in a sexual context that accidentally healed a bunch of sexual dysfunctions that I had. So I was really surprised at like how, um, and this is something that I'm like actively working on researching is like the intersection of sexuality and psychedelic medicine. But basically a lot of women have unresolved sexual trauma and it puts the body into a state of hyper arousal where it's too tense or it's completely turned off and, and they just associate and they don't know that they're doing this. I didn't know I was doing that. I just thought that mm -hmm. sex was this performative act and I didn't really experience the full breadth of my pleasure until my thirties. So there's so much trauma in the world. And I think a lot of women don't really totally know that they can heal that. Um, so one of the things that we're working on is, is actually like programs for healing trauma in women. That's awesome. That's going to help so many women. Um, yeah. where can, so obviously the book is now out, which is exciting. The spark factor. Uh, please share, where can people find more about you and your work? We're obviously going to put all the links that you've shared uh, in the show. Yeah. Notes. My Instagram and my website, drmolly.co, D-R-M-O-L-L-Y.co. That's really the key. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn at Molly Maloof, MD. Um, but I'm less active on there, but still follow me there. Instagram is <laughs> your main platform, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We will link to all of that. Thanks so much for coming on the show. That was been awesome. Thanks, Angela. Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.